thoughts. Yeah. Ideas. I like them. People. Not so much. Caravan maintenance. Panna cotta. Trundle beds. Margaret Ehrlich. What's that plastic thing doing down there? Spantonomans. Shut up, Renee. What? Quiche. Master's spearmint milk. Niche. Bulldog clips. Niche's quiche. Orange cheesel fingers. Where's Sam Simmons? Here's Sam Simmons! Here's... Where is it? Where is she? She's coming in soon. Here we go. You ready? Here's Sam Simmons! Hi! To you. Thank you for uh, letting me have a holiday. A holiday. Turning. I mean, it was a great holiday. God, we had a good holiday. I also didn't really want people to know I was on holiday because I get I always get paranoid that my house will be robbed because, like I've said before, I live in a public place. Um, people look in my kitchen and look at me and know who I am and yell at me. And I was like, oh, what if, you know, someone who knows where I live, they then catch wind that I'm overseas and they're like, oh, I'm not going to go rob that place. Um, I've got alarms and stuff, but anyway, I just get a bit paranoid. But hi! But they wouldn't be listening to the podcast. I mean, if you're listening to the podcast, you wouldn't want to, you know, you wouldn't want to rob me, would you? Would you? Um, and, uh, but I did put things on social media, so I was a little bit paranoid toward the end of it. Because um, one of our the security, it doesn't matter. One of the security lights went out, and I got all weird about it. But it was uh, it turned out it was just a someone triggered a um, electrical fault in the building. <gasps> the building, the building, the building, the build. This is so I, I don't know. This is whether this is boring to you or not. But um, I've had issues with like a person that I live with, like in the strata of the building, and it's all changed. And oh my gosh, we had a big meeting last night. It was all good, and everybody kind of seemed to get along. Oh, thank good. It's been a, it, it weighs on me. I can't deal with negativity um, coming at me in my life, like especially that type of stuff. You know, like when you're at the the dead end of a relationship, and you're like, "Oh God, this is over." This thing, um, you know, you, you, and you're going back to your partner, and you're going back to her house or his house, and you you put the key in the door, and you're like, "Oh no, they're in there." It's been a bit like that, but it's my home. So, like, you know, I go to put the key in, and even though you know it's it's, it's just a common space. Every time I go to put the key in the door, I'm like, oh, fuck, not this guy. Um, so it's just, it feels like the times are a-changing. And summer's around the corner and all that, even though it's going to be dry and the earth is heating up. Yeah. Uh, what are we going to do to do this? I drank solidly in Japan, by the way. So I'm back on the sober train. I've been back since, I've been back for a few days now. So, um, yeah, time to dry out until next holiday is the way I'm going to do it. I'm going to try and push through to Christmas. Uh, curb that. Oh, I don't even need to bloody booze at Christmas, but um, yeah, it's it was nice to. It's just such a different place over there in Japan. So yeah, it was fun. I mean, they just they're just a bit more grown up, I think, in respect to certain things. Like you know, not like it did this, but the fact that you can, you know, go into a Seven Eleven and buy yourself a gin and soda at five forty-five in the morning. I mean, it's problematic, but it's not the done thing. It's just that they they res they expect you to respect others and yourself. I mean, it's a bit repressed. It's repression there as well, and some weird stuff with um, panties. That's definitely a thing. I saw a documentary by Stacey Dooley on that. If you want to be uh, shocked at Japanese culture, but they got a weird thing with uh, girls and underwear. Um, but I, I don't I don't I, I can't assume that's across everyone. It's uh, niche, if anything. It's niche and problematic. 
problematic uh, yeah um but yeah thank you so much for letting me uh, do that i know i should have probably been just potting the whole way but it was just really nice to spend time especially with my partner we kind of we bonded again and it was a really uh, very necessary thing to do so i feel a lot better and uh we feel nicer and it's uh it's great and my little girl had a ball she absolutely she missed her mates by the end of it and wanted to go back to school but she loved it, loved all the Japanese. Didn't like the food that much, but that's, you know, that's a kid. But it was uh, it was just a, a, a wonderful uh, experience and a great holiday. So thank you very, and thank you mainly to my partner who was able to bloody bankroll the whole thing um, because she works harder. Uh, I mean, I'm not really a stay-at-home dad, but I kind of am at the moment. But I am out, I'm on the hunt for work now, so I'm back getting into it, off uh, off to look for work, and yeah, it's time to, time to fucking be a grown-up, mate. Time to pull your finger out. Uh, art is still happening though. I'll still be uh, performing and creating things and uh, doing some festivals next year, selling sausages, uh, silly billy walks, uh, all sorts of stuff. So very, very excited. It was the reset button I needed. I saw something on social media the other day about, God, they can bloody, they really do push some shit on there. There was a, a guy who was telling you, telling me uh, that you could reset your brain or your hypothalamus or something by sticking your thumb up under your jaw and you push a nodule uh, for five seconds and your brain feels better. I couldn't find it. I've had my finger up my nose, I've been in my mouth, I've been up... I even put one bloody thumb up my asshole, and I still can't find the nodule. Um, anyway, uh, but I did, it, feel, it felt like a reset. So it's nice to be back. And I mean, it's, it's, it's unnaturally warm and it feels weird, but it's beautiful at the same time. Maybe this is just the... Uh, is this a precursor to the end? Anyway, I do not know. Um, but I've missed you. And thank you for all your messages. i got so many messages, people wondering whether I'm okay and stuff. Totally okay. Um, thank you, Ben Johnson, you crazy bastard, uh, who uh, yeah, let me know. It was the Yakuza was the word I was struggling for. The Yakuza. God, I saw some cool punks. They're just extreme, I guess, because it's such a repressed Japanese society. Um, the punks are full on. So I stayed in an area called Shimokitazawa, which is um, very cool, full of op shops. And it was excellent, really, really fun, great food. But lots of punks around, extreme ones. It was a guy with needles coming out of his head. It was just, whoa. But really friendly as well. They were really nice. They weren't like, you know, Australian punks or neo-Nazi. Well, the neo-Nazi punks, they're the bad punks. But I guess the, the, only, the, the main punk these days is to be conservative. That's the thing, because the norm is, I guess, the left, and I've heard the conservative is the new punk. Can you get your head around that? Conservative youth are now calling themselves the new punk. I follow a really strange group on uh, on Instagram called the Adelaide Set, which is a group of young conservatives, and I had no idea. I just thought they were like posting fun things about Adelaide, and as they've put it, they they've come out of the closet as young conservatives. Um, they'd like to reinstate, um, I think, what's the God message? Prayer before question time or any uh, seating for parliament and stuff like that. Um, really, I mean, totally the opposite of me, but I'm still following them because I'm just like, my God, what is going on? It, it, it feels a little bit like Gilead in um, Handmaiden's Tale, if, you, if you're across that, which is like the ultra-conservative right rising up. I hope that's not what this younger generation is. Um, but yeah, they're, they're labeling themselves. I don't think the Adelaide set up, but, um, I've seen a lot of young conservatives and people talking about the fact that they are the new punk, which is like, oh my goodness, 
which it kind of is in a way, but it's just, it's ruining the world. But neo-Nazi punk, bad as well. I guess punks, there's good punks and bad punks, just like people. Um, okay, I'm going to... I'm in such a good mood. I've got an eye ache, but I'm in a very good mood. And I'm in my new studio, so I kind of sound baffled myself better. You can still hear some traffic racing past, but it's um, definitely a lot better. That's me just rubbing my thighs. Oh, yeah, can you hear that? Probably can't. Probably just in my ears. Um, okay, uh, right, I'm going to play something. I'll be back in a second. Secondo. Let's have a secondi. That's the second meal you have. Uh, you start with the, the, what's the, the frito misto. Okay, I don't know what I'm doing. All right, hang on. Today's world is full of things. But where did they come from? And how did they begin? Sam Simmons, The Precise History of Things. Hey, what's that you're doing? Who, me? Um, nothing. But what's that thing you're doing with your ass? My ass? Yeah, your legs are all bent underneath. Oh, this? <laughs> I'm just sitting down. It's called sitting on things. Sitting on things? Yes, sitting on things. You know, people have been sitting on things for eons. Eons? Sitting on the back of a horse Hoping that the horse is going somewhere Horses are kind of like big dogs Except that horses don't eat meat but dogs eat horses Sitting on the back of a bus, a bus. Sitting with some very naughty schoolboys school Making boys. faces at the people in cars I really shouldn't Cause I don't go to school With them at all Sitting on things Magical things Sitting on the edge of my chair, my chair. Rocking backwards and forwards really slowly. slowly Trying to eat a bowl of hot soup I hope I don't burn my thighs Oh yes, I'm sitting on some things Lots of different things I hope I can keep sitting on some things Until I die some of my favourite things to sit on. Bean bags. What else? Pretty much just bean bags. Sitting on a towel at the beach. Watching the seagulls on the seashore. seashore. Seagulls are kind of like junkies that fly in the sky. I could fly away today I need lots of seagulls to carry my way I'd sticky tape them all together And I'd fly away On a magical flying junkie seagull into the sky On a magical junkie flying seagull What was this about again? I don't know I forgot. Sam Simmons, The Precise History of Things. I uh, saw some very grubby Australians at the airport. Again, this is twice in my life I've seen this. Some grubby Australians at oh, 7 o'clock um, at Haneda Airport in Tokyo. 
just tucking into a, a warm Shiraz. <laughs> the weather over there, by the way, it was like, it's the hottest weather I think I've ever experienced was in Kyoto. It was extraordinary. So it's like the, there were highs of 34 degrees, but because of the humidity, it, it adds five degrees. But I've never been in such... It, it, honestly, you'd open the door and it was like walking into soup. It was uh, like boiling soup. You couldn't stay out there. So you have to cover yourself in um, ice rings around your neck, which are these great things you can pop in the freezer. You carry fans with you. It was oppressive heat. Um, so we anyway, we marched through that. But yeah, the, the couple having a hot Shiraz and a bowl of ramen. I mean, this is the worst combination you can think of. I don't think that works. I think a white wine, a crisp white wine and a ramen kind of that makes sense in a way, but a hot, oh, when I say a hot Shiraz, it would just, you know, it's warm. A warm Shiraz and a ramen and then getting on a plane and imagine the farts because it's going to be cheap Shiraz, rotten stuff as well. And the rank farts of Shiraz and bloody ramen rumbling around in your guts in the sky. Oh, I'm so glad they weren't near me on the flight. Got a whole row to myself, by the way. Thank you. I had to walk through business. I was like, oh, that looks good. And then I was like, whole row to myself. Thanks. Um, actually, you know, it wasn't to myself. I took Luna with me, my little girl, and I, uh, the other row was left to my partner. Because I'm nice and we're friends again. Uh, I learned to say, oh, oh, that's the other thing I noticed as well was um, lots of, how funny are people going on holidays with new sneakers? It's always new sneakers on the plane. Oh, I'm going on holiday. Got to get new sneakers. Where are you going? Going to Bali. Do we, should we get some new sneakers? It's a very funny look. Um, I'll admit I did have a new pair of volleys at the start of the trip. Uh, the Dunlop volley is back. I love them. They're so comfortable to walk in. They get messy really, uh, they get dirty really quickly. Uh, but yeah, I, I did it as well. I got myself a new pair. I mean, I, I did. I had worn them a few, like a week or so before I got on the plane. But they look pretty new. You got new sneakers to go to Bali? Oh, yeah, buddy. We're going to go to, what's that place in um, Phuket? We're going to Phuket. <laughs> Some people call it, fuck it. Um, you've got to get new sneakers. You wear thongs on the plane? Um, yeah, I, I, love, I love people watching at the airport. I love duty free. I think it's hilarious. Dads love duty free. They love it. It's like, oh, where'd you get that? Oh, bloody duty free. Well, why do you like duty free so much? Oh, you don't have to pay any duty. <laughs> you don't pay duty, mate. It's free. It's no duty. There's no duty on it. I don't see the difference in the prices, really. I I, I bought um, my father-in-law a big bottle of gin on the way out. It looked just as expensive as I assume it would be at bloody Dan Murphy's. <sighs> um, yeah, I, I, you know, I like to pay, I do, I really like to people watch. Hey, by the way, I've got a really good, um, I've got a fantastic vegan option for my sausage stand, my sausage sizzle. Um, now, I was made aware that I can't call it Sam Simmons' stupid sausage sizzle because stupid's not a word you can use. Um, I don't want to say silly though, because it just seems really naff. Um, but I've got a terrific vegan option, uh, option. So in Japan, sandwiches are big time. They make amazing... Sorry, whoa, hang on. <laughs> that was a really weird um, burp giggle thing. I don't know what that was. I'll leave it in. It was cute. Uh, they, they make terrific sandwiches over there. The, the, the most, uh, I guess, the, the famous one is the pork cutlet crumbed one, which is pretty full on, and I did try one, and I didn't I didn't love it. Um, but there are all their other sandwiches, egg sandwiches, egg salad sandwiches, rah, rah, whatever. They just do it very, very well. And the one that I noticed and I really, really enjoyed was a Japanese potato salad sandwich. Sounds like the wrongest thing, but if you're a vegan, you'd be like, oh, yeah. 
like carbs on carbs, you're going to be into that. And I found a way that they did the vegan mayonnaise was just this beautiful, light, creamy tofu. I know it sounds rank to you meat eaters out there, but I'm gen- I'm pretty much just a, I'm not really a carnivore. I, I do eat fish, but um, yeah, it was so delicious. So I'm going to spend the next few months until we open uh, creating different recipes of making Japanese potato salad sandwiches. How good's that? I reckon they're going to go nuts. I reckon that even the meat eaters are going to like them as well. Because it, it does seem intimidating, but it's such a good thing, especially on a hot day because it's really cold. And it's going to be hot when I'm selling them in Adelaide. So you, get, you either get yourself a sausage and bread with some bloody onions, just a basic one, or you get yourself a Japanese potato salad sandwich. Oh, vegan as well. Oh, you little master. You bloody little master. Um, and yes, thank you for all the messages. Ben, thank you so much. You sent a lot of messages that I don't respond to, but you, you, I love you, brother. I, I'm, I'm with you. Um, sometimes they're hard to follow and that's because we're, we're brothers, we're kindred brothers and we, we, we can hear each other in and, in and out, of, in and outside of our brains. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, it was just, yeah, it was terrific. I also, uh, I, I had to say, hey, Tony Gomenasai a lot in Japan, which is, I'm very, very sorry. Um, I seem to offend a lot of Japanese people. Uh, I've learned a lot of things. They don't like you to be loud. So I had to curb that. I would bump into people a lot. It was really interesting. Look, the other thing was I would always stand up for people, uh, older people, on the public transport. As you should, you're a guest in their country. But that's not the done thing there. They will not stand for old people on trains. What the fuck? So I did a little bit of research into it and I found um, just this little thing on YouTube, which was Japanese people talking about what um, traits of the Westerners who visit their countries they admire. And one of them was that, that they uh, they noticed that Westerners will stand up for old people or hold open doors for women, which I still don't think, I mean, I don't think that's problematic still doing that anymore. I mean, actually, whether it's women or men, I mean, I'll hold open the door for anyone. So I, I, I think that's more to the point. Sorry, take that back. That was 1980s head just there. But um, yeah, so like, you know, holding open the door for people, they don't really do that or standing up uh, for kids to sit down. Yeah, it was really, really interesting. But yes, uh, if you are going there, Hitoni Gomenasai uh, is uh, something you will definitely need to, will definitely need to, <laughs> to get get under your, or we'll just get it right into your head uh, before. I was saying it everywhere. Um, yeah, because I had a few, I mean, there were a few angry Japanese as well. I mean, I did sense a palpable um, undercurrent of maybe a little bit of racism um, toward Westerners, but you know, who am I? I mean, yeah, I'm just I'm coming to their country, bloody breathing their air, taking up their space, eating their delicious sandwiches, uh, paying too much for some things in restaurants, uh, spent way too much in a sushi place. Good lord. Um, anyway, I won't bang on about Japan the whole time. I'll, I'll wrap it up in a sec. Um, the Japanese toilet I will miss. Um, I love having my little anus being gently flushed by a jet of water. I don't know how I can recreate this here. Maybe a little garden hose or just a little spray bottle. But I imagine fecal matter will get on my fingers, which I don't want. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely, uh, it's fun. And it was really weird watching my daughter on it because she really enjoyed it a bit too much, which worried me. Um, if you gather my way of thinking, um, yes. So that was, uh, she was very sad to see the toilet um, go by. Um, yes. Uh, I also heard some sinister giggling in a public toilet over there, which was... <laughs> I don't know whether someone's... I mean, the giggling might have been another Western tourist um, having their farter douched um, by the Japanese flush toilet. But um, it was a very... uh, It was a a very uh, disconcerting thing to walk into a public toilet in Japan and hear 
uh, sinister giggling. Um, anyway, I'm ram- am I rambling? I don't think I am. I haven't had a deep ocean swim yet. I'm going to go... Oh, I'll try and go tomorrow. I've got lots of stuff on this week. I've got to host a fundraiser for our um, kids' school, for our little public, our little bloody primary school. Our little infant school, sorry, which is going to be very fun. So I get to stand there and make fun of people and we auction off prizes. Tell you what, man, the prizes are amazing. The raffle at our school, it's $3,700 worth of prizes for a five-buck ticket. Five bucks. Sensational. So I've got to do that um, tomorrow. And then school play on Monday. Aw, get on my first bloody school play. That's going to be really, really lovely. So that's uh, that's exciting. It's God. It's 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 it is. Look, it's lovely being a parent. Sometimes, sometimes it's just fucked, and I do feel trapped. But um, and you know, you can't. You know, I can't have my negative thoughts anymore because I've got a kid. Can't ruin her childhood by bloody fucking off. Um, so yeah, I'm stuck, which is good. It makes me better, I think. I hope it makes me better. Um. Okay, I will wrap on, up on Japan in a sec. The other thing I, I noticed over there which made me laugh is adult children going on holiday with their parents. It's <laughs> always so funny. Like a 24-year-old hanging out with his dad, um, which is really nice at the same time, but some of, the, some of them look a little bit doofy. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they're 21 and they're just like, oh, yeah, I'll go away on holiday. But they don't really want to at the same time because they're a bit cool and they're doing their own thing. But they have to hang out with mum and watch mum go off and buy knickknacks. It's pretty funny, but I imagine like maybe when I get to that age, it might uh, be a good thing and she might like, I don't know. It's not going to be different for me. She's going to hate me. I know stuff. Uh, anyway, the last last shout out on the holiday for this is my partner. Now, we, we, we argued nonstop at the start and then we came together. We had a lovely time in the end. She's a fucking holiday hog, I have to say. We have to do all the things she does. I didn't get what I wanted to do. Well, the main thing I wanted to do was go to this really intense noodle place in Tokyo, which I just never got to. It was too hot, or it was closed, or it was just too hard to drag a kid and my partner there. It was just, anyway, I didn't get to do the one fucking thing I really wanted to do. But the holiday hog, she got to do it all. Got to go to all the little shops, all the little fashion brands, get all the little things, multiple times, multiple times, mind you. Um, Luna, of course, got to do her things, like all the, you know, she went to Disneyland and all that shit, um, which is bullshit, by the way. What a bullshit place. Um, Gilby, oh, we went to Gilby World, which is Studio Gilby, which is Totoro and all that type of stuff. That was, um, that was all right. It was really out of the way. It, was, it wasn't as amazing as I hoped it would be, um, but it was pretty good. It was stinking hot, though, again. Stinking. Ay, 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 ay. But you know, there's no shame in having a midday beer in the in the in the in the in the in the, in the blinding sunshine over there. It was wonderful. God. Anyway, that's it. I've wrapped it up. That is, there is no more Japanese talk from now on. Haitoni Gemonosai. Oh, yeah, I said that wrong. Haitoni Gemonosai. Haitoni Gemonosai. Yakuza. All right, that's it. I'm gonna play something. I'll be back in a sec. Go and get fucked. Now I think this might be an interesting discussion. If you were, okay, at a, I, I'm just gonna, look. I'm using the example of the Eagles of Death Metal. Um, you know that band that horrifically, uh, there was that mass shooting in France, in Paris, um, at an Eagles of Death Metal gig. I think it was them. I'm pretty sure it was them actually. And I was talking about that with my partner. I was just thinking um, because I, I really want to go to the Chemical Brothers next year because it's really going to be fun. And that came up and I said, God, imagine, because I wanted to take Luna to that. Imagine if something like that happened there and someone does something and 
I said to my partner, gosh, if I saw that happening and I saw another kid there or if I was, or Luna wasn't there, I think I would try and do something to stop and maybe, or what if I got killed? You know? And she's like, what? Why would you do that? Why would you risk yourself to save another kid or something like that? And I thought, but I think that's innate that would be in you to want to do that. She's like, but why would you do that and leave behind your child? Anyway, I don't know whether it's, it's a discussion in any way, but I kind of think that I would want, I would do something. I, I think I have that kind of strange... I know that if I was in wartime, if I was drafted, I'd be the first person shot. I know that for a fact. I'd be the first... I'd stick my head up and look over the... the, um, the what's it called? The trout? The trout. The trench. The trout. Yes, I'd look over the top of the trout and go, Oh, you bloody taste... Delicious in a bloody smoke situation. And then stick my head up and get shot. But I'd stick my head out of the trench and I'd be the first one. Bang, gone. Um... Yeah, I, I just, I don't know, and I'm not just saying this to sound like, oh, geez, he's noble, but I do think that I would have, I do have that in me that I think I want to, would, I'd want to protect others around me so that they wouldn't. Anyway, it doesn't, I, it's a strange conversation. Maybe someone can email me about what this means. Um, is it, uh, is it like a daydreaming of um, death or, I don't know what it is. I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe that was a very strange thing to, was that a strange thing to bring up? I don't think it was a bloody strange thing to bring up at all. <sighs> um, anyway, so yes, just back into the whole the whole trudge, guys. Just back into the trudge of life, back in Australia, um, which just does seem. Look, the, the the voice vote coming up as well. The the ad campaign I thought was quite sensational. The John Farnham thing. If you're out, outside of the country, um, please look this up. There's a, a campaign at the moment for uh, recognition in our constitution that basically, you know, black fellas were here first, which is definitely definitely something that should be there um and there's a lot of miscommunication going on with it a lot of people don't understand what it's about or whether it's going to give them people are scared they're going to get their bloody backyards taken away which is all out of bullshit it's a very simple thing it's just recognizing they were here first doesn't make them better it's just giving them a voice where they can actually uh look after their own people and which is based on race and i can understand people getting upset about that but you know i'm sorry these people were here first it wasn't terra nullis it wasn't a place that was you know, had no one, no inhabitants on it, and they they die earlier. Uh, they're incarcerated at rates insanely higher than anyone else. So it is race based, and they need help, and we can change it. It's a very very simple thing. Actually, I need to find out how I can get myself one of those yes placards that I can stick on the fence. Um, but yeah, look up the advert if you can if you're overseas. It's uh, called the Voice Campaign, John Farnham. So it's you're the voice, John Farnham, the Voice Campaign. Um, just put in Aboriginal statement or something, you'll find it there. And uh, I think it's really effective. Um, I, I mean, I don't know how many people it's going to turn. I think at the, at the moment the vote looks pretty rough. I think it might be in favour of the no, which I just can't understand. I really can't understand. I don't know what's pushing this. I, I don't know. If, if you are voting no, maybe you can um, send me an email explain to me exactly why you think. I, um, anyway, I don't really want to get political on this bloody potty. I don't want to get political on it because I don't feel like I bloody should. Uh, I saw some sh- Oh, damn it. I'm not going to go back into, no, nah, I'm not going back. No, okay. I was somewhere. I was somewhere and I went to a gallery and I saw, um, I saw some amazing, amazing art. I might have to stop to tell you who it is. Hang on. I do need to stop to tell you who it is because it was extraordinary. Hang on. Okay. The artist is Tadanori Yoko. Or Yoku. Yeah, Tadanori Yoku. Uh, yeah, his art, wow, it's crazy. Really, really cool stuff. 
Um, also, I got to see uh, a whole David Hockney uh, exhibition, which it was ex- unbelievable how much stuff he bloody paints. Just non-stop painting, that guy. He never bloody stopped. Uh, it was, yeah, it was terrific, terrific to actually see that stuff. Because um, I don't really, I don't really understand my art that much. I know what I, I know when I see something, I look at it and I go, I like that in my eyes. I also do the gallery very, very quickly. I just like, oh, yep, got it, it's in there. Next thing, got it, in there. And, uh, which Luna loved. Um, my partner not so much, so she just did it all by herself. Because she's arty. She's a stereotypical, stereotypical girl from Melbourne. She loves uh, photography and getting lost in laneways and art and horses. That's untrue. She's from Sydney. Um, I call her the beach goth because she grew up around Maroubra, but she's kind of she would have she was a goth in her teen years, which is a very funny ju- juxtaposition of being a beach goth. Uh, but she loves her art, so it doesn't like horses at all. In fact, I never thought she'd be a very good um, parent. <laughs> she's a really good mum. But I didn't think she would be because uh, she doesn't seem to like animals or just un- she kind of looks at them like they're, they're fluffy ornaments. And, and I'll go, oh, look at that. I love animals so much. And I love little bloody, I love, you know, seeing a doggy and or if, if ever there's a cat, I have to talk to it. Um, but she just doesn't seem to have that. And I was like, geez, I wonder if she's going to be a caring mother. Um, but she is. She's incredible. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm so tactile if I see a dog. I mean, which is just molesting a dog, really. You know, when you just go up to a dog and like, oh, it didn't consent, did it? It didn't sort of like, I don't want this. I mean, a cat will let you know if they don't want it. That's for sure. You have to, you have to kind of seduce a cat in a way. Um, yeah, but, uh, what, what the hell were they talking about? Oh, that's right. Art, art. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was really, really terrific. I think i'm going to get into some messages now i got here's a I, I got some lovely voice messages um uh this is from rowan j aardvark which i still can't work out whether this guy's taking the piss whether this is actually his name hey sam i had a dream that i went to see uh, a night of uh, a mixture of professional and amateur open mic comedy that was hosted by you oh there you go but my friend from England, Laurie Black, despite having opened for Adam Ant, oh, did you really? Got tongue-tied and you helped her out by announcing the next guest. Then you put her into a life-size Russian doll as the smallest so she could still entertain the audience. What the hell does that mean? So hang on a minute. So I, I've put her in a life-size Russian doll as the smallest, So, but she'd be inside the Russian doll. Do you mean the person who came on stage, I put her in there? Anyway, um, what does that mean? I don't know. I mean, a Russian doll, I mean, fear of Russia and the Ukraine is definitely there. But also, I mean, do you want to? Do you want her to be inside of you? Or do you want to be inside of her? Hey, speaking of, this is pretty funny. I might be able to play the um, audio of this. This is my daughter explaining a game. Hang on a minute. This will be fun. So thank you, Rowan. That sparked this next thing. This is why I like getting messages from you people or getting voice messages or dream interpretations because it sparks my brain. I'm a, um, what do you call it? I'm not a generator. I'm a reactor. I react and I react well. So get this. I'm going to find this audio in my phone and put it in here and we'll discuss what my daughter was playing with Henry. This is cool. All right, hang on a minute. Let's go. What game are you playing? Um, it's, it was... Um, in a body. What was it called? Travelling what? It was called Travelling in Henry's Body. Travelling in Henry's Body. So how did you travel inside Henry's body? So we found something and we couldn't see it. And we 
noticed a little bit of a crack right there. So then we stepped, then, so then we ran, and Henry went like this, dun, 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 and, dun, 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 and he kept fall. He went like, mm, ow. And he fall over? No, and he hurts his foot yeah. in the acting show. And so he like, um, we were in Henry's body. Oh. And then because it's just a time machine and it was really flat. Oh, that sounds great. Yes. And not weird at all. So that game's called Travelling Inside Henry's Body. Yeah, and then, and guess what? It was a bit, it's a bit scary. Okay. Hmm. Um, well, it turns out not as scary as I thought it was uh, to be travelling inside Henry's body. Uh, <laughs> just nonsense. And not what I thought. So what do you mean you're playing Travelling Inside Henry's Body? What's going on? Uh, just two kids mucking around, exploring each other, but not in the way that I thought. Um, so thank you for that, Rowan J. Aardvark. Aardvark. You, um, yeah, you, you reminded me of that. I also have a dream, a dream to interpret from Helen, 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 Helen. Uh, here we go. Hi, Sam, it's Helen. Um, I've got a dream interpretation for you. Good luck with this one. Um... So I woke up in the dream in New York and I was in my 20s um, and I woke up near in this kind of suburb of New York and I knew that my friend Ramona was in the downtown area mm -hmm. um, and I had to try and get to her but I had I didn't have roaming data nope. so I was trying to find a Wi-Fi network that I could connect to. So I set off walking and sort of got dragged into this gallery that had all these random clothes in. And I was thinking, do I suit? You know, there were different sort of outfits displayed. <clears throat> and I was looking at them and thinking, oh, should I put that one on? And um, anyway, and then I ended up leaving the shop. And then I was having to cross this gigantic junction. It was like a 12 lane kind of roundabout um, and there wasn't enough time to cross any of the sections before all these cars would come sort of surging towards you. Mm. Um, so I was feeling really anxious uh, as all these cars were kind of barreling towards me. Um, I somehow managed to get onto the right road. I was looking at the kind of layout of the city and somehow knew even though I'd never been to New York before yeah. which road I needed to go down so I started heading down this one particular road and got sort of drawn by the smell of chips um, so I started following the smell of chips and it took me to this bar where there were like these frat boys and they were throwing these chips around and then I yeah. picked one up and started eating it and it was you know when the fat's gone old and it was like manky, I started gagging and going into this yeah. bar and there were all these super grown-up grown-ups in there, um, probably around my actual age now, and they were saying, oh, she's an imposter, um, which, you know, crikey, that's quite literal. Um, and then, so I left that bar, and then I didn't want to be with the frat boys either, even though I was sort of around their age. Um, and I could see there was a river like a canal down in front of me so I started heading down towards that and then suddenly there was just this beautiful light streaming in onto this really quite murky sort of section of canal that was kind of covered over with 
graffiti and and then there were all these beautiful black swans and this light was sort of dancing down onto them and I noticed this photographer with a like tripod trying to capture them and I was walking towards it and I was like oh I found the place that I need to be it was like beautiful dancing magical light and then this fucking swan that was like a cartoon swan it was gigantic sort of popped up like comedically in my view with these massive bulging eyes and it was like a you know like just had this stupid face and then it started charging towards me and sort of chasing me around but then it would burrow itself into the dirt um like an armadillo and it was like this armadillo swan thing and then it was sort of coming at me but it was talking like a like a american army veteran <laughs> sergeant major type you know like and I was going, what the fuck? Like, I've just found this really beautiful moment. And now this thing is assaulting me. And then, you know, I woke up. Anyway. What does it mean? You have a fear of... Um, do you have a fear of birds in general? And do you have a fear of gaining weight? Is it chips? You're a Brit. You're accustomed to a chip. You know, you know how a chip should taste. You're in New York. You're an alien. I'm an alien in New York. Oh! So you're... Okay. You know your chips. You're Brit. You're Brit. You know your chips. You know your swans. You know you can't eat swans because you're a Brit that's outlawed by the Queen. But they're black swans and they're only in Australia. So it's a precursor to you travelling to Australia and feeling like an outsider. You're scared of America. We're all scared of the frat boys. You know what they all do to each other with a, a cricket bat up the farter and a, a paddle up the bum? Uh, the swan, I guess, is I guess the guilt of leaving your home country to move to Australia, the land of the black swan. Uh, your 20s being reckless, being in New York, waiting for Ramona. Ramona was a punk girl. Isn't that a song? Um, so I think there's, a, there's an element of guilt here. And you have a deep... You, is there a sh is there something you regret about leaving the UK? Is there something there? What are you running away from, Helen? What are you running away? Just have a chip. Don't starve yourself. Have a fucking chip. Go kick a swan in the face. That's all I have. Don't do that. Um, I've always uh, had an affinity with swans myself, Helen. I, for many years, would tell the story about getting a swan in a headlock, um, which is very hard to do. There's a lot of neck, not much head. Uh, look, I think there's something, maybe there's, there's something. The chip, I think, represents your homeland. The fact that they were just throwing them around willy-nilly with gay abandon um, shows an utter disrespect. They were disrespectful to you and disrespectful to chips. Um you could go, buddy, take... This is... I mean, don't feed swans chips. You, you feed them peas. They're meant to eat snails and stuff. But you can you can feed them a pea, I believe, and ducks as well. What I would recommend is... Uh, I believe you live in... You do live in Melbourne, yes. Uh, I'd head down to the Yarra, find yourself a swan, get yourself some hot chips, um, play uh, Born in the USA, and just really get to the nitty-gritty of what the fuck is going on in your head. Because the first part of that dream, I was like, this just sounds like my day. Uh, but I'm glad it got uh, twisted at the end. 
and there was a uh, there was a Swan revelation. Maybe the Swan is maybe it's like Black Swan, the film with Natalie Portman, the Darren Aronofsky film. Um, maybe there's some type of revelation there in that as well. Maybe a rewatch of that. Uh, immediately followed by uh, Goodwill Hunting, and you can see all the problems in that film. A lot of problems in that film. Um, anyway, thank you for the dream. I hope that I interpreted that well. You are in fear of something that's back at home in the UK. Not that that is your home. Your home is here. Uh, but there's something back at home that you have some type of regret about that you find you, you think that someone's going to find out about. That's what the chip represents. The swan is the menace inside you. It's that. That's the shame. What the fuck was going on there? I, I I liked it. I bloody well liked it, guys. All right, I've got another dream interp to come up right now. Who's this one bloody from? Who's chatting to me here? Um, oh, no, this is just a sausage conversation. I have a sausage conversation uh, from Jasmine. Uh, let's uh, I'll just I'll just pop it in here. Hang on a second. I have a chip. Excuse me. I'll have some chips for the gravy, please. Maybe with a side of swan. Well, sausages. Sausage is made of swan. Swan sausage. Hey Sam, you know how you're doing your stupid sausage sizzle at the Adelaide Fringe next year? Uh, who's offended by the word stupid? Because some people are stupid. Um, I was wondering if you're going to have vegan sausages. No. Because I would like to support your your silly billy walk, but I'm vegan. No, got ya. Um, if you need it, if you would like somebody to assist you so that you can have a vegan sausage barbecue as well as a mm-hmm. non-vegan sausage barbecue, mm-hmm. uh, I could help. I could help out for a few days. I gotcha. I live in Hamilton, but I go back to Adelaide for the fringe. I know Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton is in Victoria. I know. I go back to Adelaide. It's where I'm from. I was billeted there. And uh, I could help you have a vegan stupid sausage sizzle. Got you covered for a few days at least. Aww. And then vegans can support being silly too. Because oh. um, some vegans are idiots. Some vegans are stupid. Yeah. But some vegans are just silly. Yeah. Like me. And oh. I'd like to help you. Oh. Let me know if you'd like my help. Oh, that's so nice of you. I bloody love that. And like I, you would have, I guess, listened to the start of the podcast. I've got you covered. I've got you. Because I have t- eaten vegan sausages. I'm yet to have a good one. They always taste over-processed. Um, and chemically, there's just something wrong with it. They haven't got them right yet. Um, and it's also just like, I don't think you need to recreate the taste of meat in vegan food all the time. Vegetables are lovely. So I've got you covered. I've got your vegan Japanese uh, potato salad sandwich. And it's going to be divine. I promise you, divine. So thank you so much. I will, I will see you at the sausage, the stupid sausage sizzle. Um, okay, I've not prepared a deep dive this week, as I didn't last week, because I really want to start rethinking what the deep dive should be. I think they should be dumber than I originally thought. Um, I'd, I'd said in the intro this, uh, today, uh, Margaret Ehrlich, uh, who I think is a New Zealand recording artist. I don't know, I don't even know what she sang. So I think I might do her next week. I'll do a deep dive on Margaret Ehrlich, uh, a 90s faded pop star. Um, I hope she's still going strong, and I hope she's happy and well. Uh, by the way, I've been following Vanessa Amorossi on Instagram. She's really bloody sassed herself up. She's definitely rebelled against uh, what she was, where it was absolutely everybody. She's all like leather tattoos and motorbikes these days. And she looks great, but you know, it doesn't sit with me well. Um, but good on her. She's bloody out there doing it. Just bloody resurrecting things, getting her career back on path. I don't even know if it's back on path. Just like, well, she's making music. She's bringing joy. Good on you. 
Um, this was an odd one this week, but really enjoyed it. I've missed you. Thank you so much for waiting. And um, yeah, I guess I'll speak to you next week. This is the last episode of Not a People Person. Oh, it was odd, wasn't it? It was odd, but it was. It, look, I think I lost my voice in it a little bit, but I hope you, um, I mean, comedically, but I hope you enjoy uh, this last episode. Well, I worked with some sen- sensational people to make it come true. So um, thank you to the BBC and uh, thank you, you, for being you. Thanks for supporting me on Patreon. It's very, very, very kind of you. Um, and uh, yeah, look, very necessary for an artist because we do struggle financially, especially at the moment. Everyone else seems to be cashed up, not us. Um, anyway, all my love and all my cheesel, my orange cheesel fingers for all. Orange cheesel fingers for all. All right, love you lots. All right, bye. From the great deserts of Africa to the tropical jungle, from the Arctic tundra to our farms, parks, and city streets. Our world is home to over 100,000 species of bird. But how much do we know about these magnificent creatures? Understanding birds takes a special kind of person. Not a cat person or a dog person, or even a monkey person. And most of all, not a people person. And that's just the kind of person Sam Simmons is. Sam Simmons is not a people person. Let's follow him now on his quest to meet the most extraordinary birds in the world. Of all the world's birds, none are so majestic as the steppe eagle, which belongs to the larger family of raptors, the birds of prey. Today, Sam is braving the intense heat of the North African desert and the extreme isolation of this barren landscape to bring us face to face with one of these extraordinary creatures. So I've been out in the desert now for two weeks, hundreds of miles from the nearest living soul. That's the only way to get a glimpse of a bird like this out here in the silence and stillness. And if I train my eyes on that rocky crag above us there, I can just make out. I need it by Friday at the absolute latest, because we really got to move fast on this. Yeah, it's Glenn. No, no. Glenn. Glenn. Hey, man. Hey. You know where I can find it, TGI Fridays? No. Okay, great, thanks. Remarkably, it seems that Sam is not the only human being braving the intense desert heat today. Nevertheless, he remains... Who's this guy? Well, I think he said his name was Glenn. Yeah, yeah, Glenn! Glenn, Glenn. Oh, no. Don't do that thing again. What thing? I can see it in your eyes. You know when you fixate on something and stir us off in the wrong direction when we're supposed to be doing a show about birds? No, 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 look, it's fine, it's fine. Let's just keep going. You sure? Yes. Okay. The life cycle of the steppe eagle is dictated by the extreme weather conditions of the North African desert. At this time of year, the male will... Sam. What? You're thinking about that Glen guy, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, a bit. So I take it we won't be doing a show about eagles today. All right. Let me guess. What is it this time? Extreme sports enthusiasts? No. People on mobile phones? No. White people who answer the phone by saying yo? No! And what? Look, it's just Glenn's. People named Glenn. Yes, people named Glenn! Glenn! G L.
Well, we seem to have another complaint letter. Oh, give me a... Dear Sam, my name is Philippa. As a long-time listener to Radio 4 and a keen bird enthusiast, I'd like to make a formal complaint about the consistent lack of birds in your radio series about birds. Apart from a brief setup gag at the start of each episode and the bit about chickens in... Oh, shut up, Philippa! I have to say I'm kind of with Philippa on this one. Look, Sam, I know you want to get to the bottom of this Glen thing, and I respect that. But the fact remains that our listeners have been promised a show about birds. Yeah, okay. Look, let's take a break. I'm going to get a magnum. Do you want a magnum? No, I'm good. All right, I'll be back in a bit. And while I'm gone, please try to think about bird-related matters. Please try to think about bird-related matters. Please try to think about... Glenn, Glenn. Well, it's not this particular Glenn. It's just that whole Glen vibe. vibe. I used to know a Glen when I was a boy, and Glen was a cockhead, but he couldn't help it. It was genetic, like an inbred pug with breathing problems. Glen! Glen loved calling people annoying things like champ, tiger, chief. What's up, chief? Nothing. G L E N. a sip of a drink, he'd make that terrible refreshment noise, just to let you know he's way more refreshed than you could ever be. Glenn was also one of those guys who thought he could predict the bloody weather. It's gonna rain today. Is it Glenn? Yeah. The type of guy who used to love rubbing anything made of wood and saying stuff like this. It's pine. It's pine. 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 Is it Glenn? Is it Glenn? Yeah. I was just saying... Hey, how come you didn't get me a Magnum? Well, I asked and you said no. No, I didn't. Yes, I said I'm going to the shops to get a Magnum and you said I'm good. Oh, that makes way more sense. I thought you said I look good in jeans today. Well, if you thought I said you look good in jeans today, why would you respond with I'm good? Because it was a weird thing when you said it that made me feel weird, OK? About your jeans? Yeah, jeans. When I was 14, I was shopping for a brand new pair of jeans. I was in the changing room when the shop girl came over and said, Hey, how are you going in there? And I was all like, Yeah, pretty good, thanks. So are they the right size? I said I didn't know. I don't know! I don't know what you mean by you don't know. I said I still didn't know. I still don't know! Well, do they look good when you put them on? I'm not sure. I hate jeans shopping. Why do I need to wear jeans anyway? Otherwise, you'll be naked. Well, is that such a bad thing? I don't know. <laughs> I 
was, but there was something in the way the shop girl laughed at me. <laughs> that made me really, really horny. The pressure of the whole exchange, being nearly naked at the age of 14, with a woman talking to me from behind a piece of plywood. Before I knew it, I had a hard-on in the change room. So how are your jeans? Would you like me to take a look? No! Are you sure you're OK in there? I stood in the changing room, staring at the ceiling, wishing I was free to enjoy my hard-on as a free man, free as an eagle, an eagle with a hard-on. Hard on. Eagle with a hard-on, eagle with a hard-on, eagle with a human hard-on. Eagle with a hard-on, eagle with a hard-on, eagle with a human hard-on. I don't know why that happened, uh, but at least it was kind of about an eagle. Yeah. Look, you hate Glenn, right? Very much. Because he's kind of an arsehole. Right. Well, why don't we try to put this in perspective? History is full of arseholes. In fact, arseholes have been around for eons. What's it, eons? It's loads and loads of time stuck together. Oh. Arseholes. Throughout human history, in every epoch of our civilization, the great and the good have stood side by side with people who can only be described as assholes. For example, meet Thomas Alva Edison. But I thought he was some kind of genius. He was, but he also electrocuted an elephant to death in front of an audience to demonstrate the power of electricity. What an electric asshole! There's John Wayne, Imelda Marcos, Biggie Smalls, Madonna, and countless other everyday assholes who have made life just that little bit more shit for everybody. People who leave shopping trolleys in parking spaces, overperfumed women in elevators, Game of Thrones enthusiasts. Did you see season four yet? No. Hey, who's that asshole? Why not push the info button and find out? Hi, my name's Philippa. I blow my nose on bar towels and t-shirts, and I only stand up for old ladies on public transport if they're hot. What an absolute arse. Now, if you come this way, you can meet real live assholes from history. Look, there's Stalin, and Margaret Thatcher, and every celebrity chef ever, and Pam. Pam? Yes, remember Pam from the second episode, the elderly ski instructor from the former Yugoslavia? Yes, I was naturally athletic. Hey, Pam! Oh, hey, Sam! Hey! You look good in jeans. No thanks, I'm good. Sam, today, arseholes make up more than half the population of the world. There's fat men in Lacoste shirts who love prawns too much. Look at the size of those prawns. Little old ladies who get cake rage in cafes. Oh, they're all out of meringue. Racist Anton, who won't buy a taco off a Greek guy. It's not authentic. And the biggest arsehole of all. I bet it's Glenn. You. Me? Yes, you. I've been following you around for four weeks, trying to get you to do a show about birds, yeah? 
And every week, within two minutes, you go off on some ridiculous tangent over some minor irritation which can be traced back to some obscure trauma in your childhood, like magicians, or whistlers, or Italians. What is it this time? What early experience led to your irrational fear of cleanse? Well, there was this one time when I was on a plane. Hey, you guys know where I can find a TGI Fridays? Yes, there's one over there. Great, let's go get some shots on me. No one wants to have shots on you. Okay, you look good in jeans, man. Thanks, I'm good. Oh my God, it's true. Glenn is actually really nice. And that magician was just trying to find his bird. And the Italian man invited me over for a lasagna. And the whistling farmer was just trying to stave off the boredom of existence with a little whistle. I mean, Pan's a bit of an asshole. But I guess the real asshole is me. Yes, you are. Can we please do the thing about the African eagle now? Okay. Okay. <clears throat> of all the world's birds, none are so majestic as the steppe eagle, which belongs to the larger family of raptors, the birds of prey. Today, Sam is braving the intense heat of the North African desert and the extreme isolation of this. Bad 